So um, I feel a little bit like the Apostle Paul, you know, writing his last letter kind of thing, even though it's just for six weeks, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, I'm, I'm uh, uh, as you know, we've been speaking about faith and how important faith is and, 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 and that we understand God by faith and that we're saved by faith and, and that, that faith is, is the basis of living the way that we do. Faith is the, is the power that, that, that makes us live crazy lives in the eyes of the world. We, we, we do things that other people wouldn't do. We, we focus in ways that, that other people don't focus. We, we, we give up things that other people wouldn't give up. Faith is the, is the basis of our reward with God. Those who come to God must believe that He exists and that He's a reward of those who diligently seek Him. And so we wake up early in the morning and read our Bibles in faith. We, we pray for one another in faith. We lift up our hands and worship God in faith, believing that He's there, believing that He rewards us because we seek Him. And so faith in a sense, is everything. We live by faith. We walk by faith. We're saved by faith. We, we, we live this Christian life by faith. And so, but, but we've dealt with all of that already. And so I, 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 I wanted, I felt the Lord this morning wants to get very, very practical. And, and to answer the question, how do we get that faith? If faith is so important, if it's so valuable, if it's something worth attaining, the question is how? How do we get faith in the first place and how do we grow in our faith? And I'm going to share a few scriptures with you to teach you, if I can, and to, and to, and to encourage you and to guide and direct you towards greater faith. Remember, faith is like a shield. We are taught to take up the shield of faith with which we can put out all the flaming or extinguish the flaming arrows of the enemy. And, and, and remember we said sometimes our faith is a little bit like a five rand coin. Do you remember that? It's that size and you're trying to put out all the arrows with this small shield of faith. But what the Lord wants is for us to have this huge shield of faith. So that when the enemy sends his arrows, um, they are immediately extinguished. So let's go to the Word of God. Let me start to teach you. Um, and we're going to start in Romans chapter 10. I'm going to read verse 14 and then verse 16 and 17. And it says, But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? Right? If I tell you, there's a person and his name is Father Christmas and he gives presents on Christmas Day if you ask him and you're a, a, a little child and if you're good and if you ask him, he'll bring you a nice present, right? If you don't believe in Father Christmas, you ain't going to ask him for anything because you don't believe that he is. And this scripture says that how... Can we call on someone in whom we've not believed? We won't. And it continues, and how can they, and how are they to believe in him of, of whom they have never heard? You see, there's a prerequisite to believing, and that is hearing. 
Does that make sense? If you don't know about something, you can't believe in it. There's an element of knowledge to faith. Faith starts with knowledge. And knowledge is information. Faith in God starts by knowing something about God. And then it continues and it says, and how are they to hear? How will they hear about without someone preaching? Which means faith starts by hearing something preached or taught or explained. Faith starts with knowledge about God or about His promises or about His character or about His will for our lives. Does, are, are we together? Say faith starts with knowledge. Thanks. Okay, I'm going to go home if we participate like that. Say faith starts with knowledge. Great. And then it continues and it says, verse 16. Gabby, just stop distracting my AV. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Okay, so it's interesting because faith starts with knowledge, but lots of people hear the knowledge. Lots of people hear the message, but not everyone believes it. So it's not just a formula that if you hear it, you're going to believe it and have faith. There's more than just hearing it. But it starts with hearing it. And then if God gives you grace, and if God gives you the gift of faith, then you will believe the word that you've heard. Does that make sense? Actually, faith is not something we can drum up. It's not something we can produce on our own. In the book of Ephesians, the Bible says you are saved by faith. And this is the gift of God. So faith is actually a gift from God. And so if you want faith, you need to ask Him for it. We need to ask God, can you please give me faith? And then it continues and it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now I always ask myself this question. Not myself. I ask God this question. You know, God, that is a very strange sentence. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Or faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. God, why didn't you just use a simple sentence and say, faith comes by hearing the word of Christ? Why did you say faith comes by hearing and then hearing comes by the word of Christ? Why? Anyone ever thought of that? It's a bit of a strange way of saying it. And the answer is, is that faith comes by hearing, not just by hearing the word. It comes by hearing God. It comes by hearing the Spirit of God. And hearing the Spirit of God 
comes by filling our mind and our heart with his word, his character, his, the, the, the way that he has worked throughout history, his ways, seeing how God has, seeing his, how he feels about things by looking through the Old Testament and how he treated Israel and how he treated Egypt and Pharaoh and how he treated the Philistines and those who came up against him and how he treated Dagon and how he treated Samson who was set apart for him but despised him and ran after things and how he treated Esau and, and, and who, who, who gave up his whole inheritance and his birthright just for a bowl of soup and, 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 and on and on and through Micah and Jeremiah and looking at what he did to the walls of Jericho and seeing Christ a humble child in a, in a stable and angels declaring the glory. And, and as you hear the word of God, I'm not talking about a single scripture, a sentence. It's as you get in the whole story of God through the Bible. From beginning to end, as you see Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Lion of Judah, the one reigning whose eyes are like fire. Who's coming again? As the, then you hear that and suddenly there's faith. So faith comes by hearing. But not just hearing a sentence, but hearing God. Hearing the Spirit of God. And the way that God speaks to us is through the Scriptures. Through the Word of God. Through stories of how God Operated. That's why Moses taught the people of Israel. And he says, when you are in your houses and fathers, when you're with your children, I want you to speak about me. I want you to speak about my great acts and about my faithfulness. And as you stand up and when you sit down and when you eat and when you lie down and when you get up and tie them around your wrists and bind them on your heads, your word, let the word of God dwell richly among you. Why? Because as we hear the Word of God, we begin to hear God. And we begin to discern the Spirit of God speaking to us. And then when God tells you something, then you have faith. Then you believe. Because you've heard God. Now a number of times I sit with people and, and, and I say, you know, and they ask me a question about all sorts of different things. Like, um, you know, should I move uh, somewhere? Or should I change my job? Or, or, or do you think I should marry this person or, or not? Or Most of the time is I have no idea. And so often is, is, is I hear people saying, well, what has God said? What has God said? And the simple answer is, well, if you go to the scriptures, he doesn't say anything about who you in particular should marry. I mean, he does say who you shouldn't marry. Don't be unequally yoked, and you must only marry a fellow believer. And yeah, those type of things. But he doesn't say, you know, Gavin, you shall marry Lazelle. I mean, it, it's not in any of the books of the Bible. So how can we ask, what has God said? I mean, because he doesn't just speak through the Bible. Andrew gives this beautiful example of the hearing God 
and I just want to share it with you. The scripture is kind of like a map, like Google Maps. You know if you go to Google Maps, you, you can search for any place in the world and you'll find it. Right? Hello? Okay. So the scriptures is like that. It's the whole, it's the totality of, you know. Now, if you want to get to the moon, you're not going to use Google Maps. I don't think. I, I don't think it's, you know, it, you, you won't find directions to the moon. Okay, because the moon isn't on the map. Okay? And so, if we're asking ourselves questions about life or about business or about relationships, and, and, and we want to, we know we need to stay on the map. We need to stay within Scripture, within the realms of what Scripture teaches. In other words, if somebody comes and says to you, God isn't just a father, he's also a mother. Is that true? Is it true? Who says yes? Who says no? Who's not going to put up their hand whatever I say? <laughs> Actually, the Bible describes God the Father like a mother hen. A mother hen desiring to bring her chicks under her wings. You know, so there is that. But he's not female. He's not. He's Father God. Right? It doesn't matter how woke the culture is or what the preference is in terms of gender. You know, I saw this thing about some uh, churches wanting to now ascribe, you know, he and she. And it to, yeah. we, now we're leaving the map. Now we know this is not true because it's, it, it's not allowed by Scripture. Did, did you understand? But then, if we want to go to a particular place on the map, now we need to listen for the directions of that voice. Do you know that voice that says, in 500 yards, turn left? You ever used Google Maps? You know? Make a U-turn. And that voice is, is, is a good illustration of the, the voice of the Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit. And so, oftentimes... I will read my Bible first thing in the morning. I'll, I'll open it. I've been working through the book of Timothy recently. And um, I, I, I go and, and, I, and I copy the whole of a chapter and I put it in my little notes app. And then I start to read it in detail. And, and I highlight the things that, yo, uh, yo, that's relevant to me. Now. A lot of it isn't particularly relevant to my day today. But some of it is. And what happens is as I read the Word of God, so now I'm, 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 I'm getting the Word of God into my mind. I'm talking practically, guys, how to have faith, right? You read it. So I'm going to go to my notes here in Timothy. Uh, this wasn't planned, but here we go. And it says, 1 Timothy chapter 3. These are my, my quiet time notes from, I don't know, Tuesday. This is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. And I had highlighted an honorable position. How many of us here are not yet leaders in the church? Uh -huh. 
you're missing out on honor. Did you know that? How many, of you, how many of us are leaders in the church? You are highly honored. You have an honorable position. But then as I read that, I was like, oh, how does a highly honored person act? They need to, they need to act with honor. They need to guard that honor. They need to be careful and they need to, to be good ambassadors. And, and I continued. And then it says, so a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. And unfortunately, I mean, we only got to, to number two and now I'm going to have to confess something. Because I had to highlight that as well. Because as I'm reading, his life must be above reproach. I'm like, Lord, tell me if there's anything that... I have a... A, a, a little car that goes quite fast. It's, a, it's quite a powerful little car. And um, when you put your foot on the accelerator, it goes past the speed limit too easily. And I'm not saying it's the car's fault. But that car is made to break the law. No, no, it's not. It's not. That car is made to go within the speed limit. But I confess that I exceeded the speed limit quite a lot, quite regularly. And as I'm saying, a leader's life, a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. I thought, sorry, Lord. And I, had, and I confessed to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I have been speeding. It's because Joe's been encouraging me to go fast in my car. <laughs> this friend that you gave me, Lord. You know? But I, 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 and so, so when Paul wrote this to Timothy, he was not thinking about my speeding. It doesn't say anywhere in here. So a church leader must not go over the speed limit in his car. But the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, Lucas, you need to stop speeding. What happens if you get caught? What does that mean for the church? What happens if you have an accident? What does that mean for? Yo. And now I'm accountable. And now I drive the speed limit. I actually thought to myself, I need, I'm going to sell that car. Lord, what's the use? Of having that kind of car. If I can't even go over the speed limit. And he said no. Self control. I'm like no. But that's difficult thought. Is yeah. So now. From zero to sixty. I know exactly how long it takes. <laughs> it goes something like this. <laughs> and I get ahead of the game. But then we go. And then, you know, when you drive past Bloberg, it's 50. I never even noticed that before. <laughs> and can I tell you how much I enjoy going the speed limit now? Now I go the speed limit. And if any of you see me going over the speed limit, tell Kim. You won't. You, you, are you hearing how, do, do you see, faith... You see, I couldn't just change the way I drive. Something had to, I needed to hear something. And what did I hear? 
I didn't read the Bible and it said, I heard God speak to me and say, stop it. Are we together? Another example, personally in my life, I told you, the Lord spoke to me. He's not happy with, because of chief and his, his stewardship teachings. Ah, be careful, guys. Be careful about coming to this church. God will speak to you when you least expect it. I mean, I thought I'm serving God. I'm leading the church. I'm spending my time. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm good before you, Lord. And then chief came and he spoke about finances. And then I realized, whoa, I'm way out of line. Went to Joe, showed him my finances. He said, this is not good. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to sell your house. Like, uh, who is that for, Lord? It's for you. But it's amazing, you know. And so I, had, I got faith. I got faith. I'm like, okay, Lord, I believe it. You know, I went to the agent. I said, hey, I, I, I'm going to sell the house. You know, he's like, Yo, this is a big house. Um, it's not a good market, you know. Not a lot of people are buying, you know, uh, sure, this could take 12 months or whatever, you know. I'm like, okay, what, what price can I, uh, can I sell it for? He, he gave me his advice, you know. I said, okay, maybe this, you know, and I was like, yo, okay. And, and he says, but you know, you, I need a mandate and I need photographers and, you know, and, and we're going to do all this thing and whatever. And, and, and I'm like, Lord, yo, did you really say, Lord? And then this other estate agent phones me, a lady, he says, are you perhaps interested in selling your house? I said, why? She said, because I'm with a client at the moment and they want to come see it. And now it's sold. It was like, it took a week. And that other guy didn't even get his commission because he had no faith. He, not because he had no faith. He didn't sign quick enough. But do you understand what I'm saying? It's miraculous. And the people came. So now, now I'm like, okay, God, you told me to sell my house, but I've got a problem. It's quite a big house. I've got lots of furniture. Because when I came here, I thought, you know, this, I'm going to stay here for the rest of my life. This is my, yeah. So we, we put furniture in. We did everything here. And now I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do? So we go and meet with the, the purchasers. And they, they, they say, um, okay, so we've made you this offer. I'm like, yeah, yeah, thanks. You know, is it acceptable? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. They said, actually, um, uh, we've got a bit of a problem um, uh, because we've moved down and we've started our business and all these things. Um, we uh, don't have any furniture. Would you mind if we buy everything in your house as well? I'm like, everything? They said, yes. If, if, and, and we love cats. Could you leave the cats as well, please? I said, no. The cats are not negotiable. In fact, they're not mine to sell. They belong to the kids. Yeah. And Muffin, Muffin, I wanted to sell. They didn't want to. <clears throat> okay, that's the dog. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, so, but the point being, now, in, and it's all signed. They, they're buying everything. And so they had made me an offer for the house. Then, then they said, how much do you want for the furniture? So I'm thinking, okay, whoa. Okay, um, and so I think, okay, I like, I say, so this is what I say, because I'm a businessman, I'm a negotiator, you know, I, I think I know what I'm doing. So I say, okay, I tell you what, um, um, I, I like to work in round numbers. Instead of listing everything or whatever, I tell you, give me a round, you know, this amount for, for everything in the house. And you know what they said to me? They said, you know what, that's, that's very kind, but I tell you what, 
we'll give you 500,000 more. I thought, what? So I look at the agent, the agent looks at me, and then the, the lady's husband says, yes, that's a good thing, we'll, we'll offer you that for all your contents. And I'm like, I, I just offered it to you for 500,000 less. And they're like, yeah, we'll give you 500,000 more. Is it a deal? I'm like, <laughs> how's that? And so now we're moving out of our house, 1st of September. We're away now until the 23rd of August, and uh, we get back, we've got a week to be out. Is that possible? Is it possible to find, like, but, but if you believe God, and if you hear God, then He gives you faith. And then He does things that are impossible. Do you, does, does, that, does that make sense? L let me move on. Uh, I thought this was the last one on faith. We haven't even started. John chapter 14. Jesus speaking, and he says this. These things I've spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So Jesus says, I'm telling you all these things. There's the word of God. The word of Christ. That's how faith comes. By hearing what Jesus says. He says, I've told you all these things. And they're all written. You know, I was going to lift up my, you know, but this is my iPad, but my Bible's on you. This is the word of God. It's, it's in the Bible. You can find it. You can access it anytime. But it's the Holy Spirit who will teach you. Some people believe it's, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Scriptures. No. It's God the Holy Spirit. And He is the one given to us, and He is the one who gives us faith as a gift. But there is something that we need to do with the Word of God in order to gain faith. Let's look at Romans together. Romans chapter 12. And it says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So that's the, the beginning. He says, I'm appealing to you, do something out of this world. Give up your life. Lay your life down as a spiritual sacrifice, which is an acceptable way of worshiping God, holy and pleasing to God. Is it, it's clear, right? He says, I appeal to you, please. He's not saying, hey, Gavin, um, would you lay down your life for God? Man, thanks. He's saying, please, Gavin. Right? He's appealing, like, come on, Gavin, like, lay your life down. And, and Gavin's like, okay, okay, I hear you, I hear you. I hear you, God, I hear you, Paul. I want to lay down my life. 
But how? How? And then he says the answer. Listen. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Let me, let me explain that. He says, I'm appealing to you, saints in Sunningdale, 11 a.m. Live your lives for God. Sacrifice. Lay down your life. Do crazy things that you give to other people. Sponsor other people to go on missions. And, uh, instead of laying up your stuff for yourself, give. Be crazy. Be foolish in your giving. Do I need to caveat that? Leave out the be foolish bit. Okay? But foolish in the eyes of the world, but wise in the eyes of God. Did you, John? I'm not just saying throw your money away. Okay. Then, he, then the question is, okay, okay, I, want, I don't want to, but I want to because you, you're appealing to me and because you're an apostle, I know, like, you're appealing to me for my good, right? So, but how do I, how do I get out of this comfort zone that I've protected myself in? How do I, how do I be content with less instead of the more? How, how do I go against, and then he says, don't be conformed to the way the world works. Okay, so laying your life down as a sacrifice for God. Actually, can I just give you some comfort? This is the faith, but anything you sacrifice for God is never a sacrifice. It's never a sacrifice. It's always for your good. It's always for your glory. There's always great glory, great wonder that is coming that is incomparable with what you've laid down. It's like it's like saying, um, uh, you know, I, I've got I've got a Okay, it's a 50 rand. I've got a 50 million rand here. Anyone want to buy it for a 5 rand? Do you, do you, do you understand? This is what God is saying. It's a 50 million rand. It's not really, but you know, imagine. It's a 50 million rand. I'm selling it for 5 rand. Anyone willing to lay down a 5 rand? And so we do crazy things. We give people 5 rand. Why? Because we see something. We hear something from God. And he says, the way to be willing to depart with your five rand, or your 50 rand, or your 5,000 rand, or your house, or your car, or your life, or your career, or your self, the way to do that, the way to not conform to this world, is to be changed by something. And that's faith. What, what, what does it mean to be changed? And then he says, how? Please, can we have that back, Gabby? Uh, no? Back, back one? Yes? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be transformed. Be changed. Become a different person. Become by renewing your mind. And you say, are you suggesting that I brainwash myself? Yes. Be changed by changing the way you think. Remember, faith starts with knowledge. 
So if you want to be like God, you want to be godly, you want to think like God and have the priorities, you need to change the way you think completely. Does that make sense, Darren? No, no? Not finished? That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is His good and acceptable and perfect will. By testing. I know you guys have all read the scripture before. I went through a season in the last two months, or the previous two months, where I started to, uh, and I've told you this, I started to look at these Al Jazeera document, document, documentaries on corruption and scandals, and, the, and, and then I started to listen to Julius Malema in Parliament, and, 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 and I started to get anxious and fearful and, and worried and, 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 and my faith started to drain away because my mind was focused on the things of this world. On the corruption, on the, on the, on the, the, the frailty, on the, on, on the fact that you can't trust this and you can't trust it and look what might be coming in and this election's coming in and, 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 my, and fear rose up and faith dissipated. And so I realized something needs to change. And so I needed to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And so I stopped looking at that stuff and I started to read the scriptures because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so I started to, and you know, I, I started to read because Hebrews 11 is a beautiful place that we, we learn about faith. And I started to read about Abraham who believed God and obeyed him. And I'm like, Whoa, you know, Abraham believed God and he obeyed him. He, he left his home and he went somewhere where he didn't even know. And, and, and he, he, he didn't have any plans and he didn't even know where God was taking him. But because God was taking him there, he went. And I read, I read that and I'm like, yo, but I don't feel like I can do what Abraham did. Yeah. And then I started to read more about faith. About the people of faith who walked by, with God and how they, they had their minds focused on a different city. That God was building a city whose foundation is not here. Whose, it's in heaven. And, and then I started to remember. Oh, okay, hold on. This life isn't everything. Even if, I, even if I get killed now, it's worth it. It's okay. And then the fear started to go. And I started to be changed by my mind being transformed. And I started to look at heaven and look at the glorious inheritance and look at the value of the church and the beauty of it. And, the, and, and then I'm like, I'm in exactly where God wants me to be. Because faith started to rise in me. And, 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 and faith, then I read and it says, do not lean on your own understanding. Because the problem is, is, is our understanding, our minds are, are, are patterned a certain way. My, my mom and dad taught me from when I was very young, you need to be the best in the field that you're in. And you need to be able to provide for your family. And you need to be able to. And I'm starting to look at this and I'm thinking, whoa, I don't have time if I'm focused on the kingdom and the church to provide. I, I, I can't do both. And so was, it's, the anxiety was, was eating me up. Do you understand? I know you guys never feel anxious. I'm just telling you about me. But then the Bible says, 
do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make your path straight. And I'm like, hold on, there's someone else in this equation that I wasn't factoring in. I can't do it, but He can provide. And then I go and Jesus says, look at the birds. Look at the birds. They neither toil nor spin nor save up nor, you know, they, they, they don't have financial planners. They don't have pensions tucked away. They don't. Look at them. Who feeds them? Your heavenly Father feeds them. And then it says, look at the flowers of the field. They neither toil nor spin nor, nor labor. But look how they're dressed. They're dressed better than Solomon in all of his glory. Your heavenly Father gives them what they need. And then it says, how much more will your heavenly Father not give you everything that you need? And I'm like, oh, so I don't need to rely on myself. And my mind started to be transformed. Instead of thinking the way the world was thinking, to looking up and saying, God, I can't do this, but you can do it for me. Does that make sense? And so my fear left, and my anxiety left, and instead it was replaced with such peace and joy. Why? Because of trusting God. Because of faith in God. Does that make sense? I'm going to have one more scripture and then I'm going to close. Because I know we've gone long. But when I come back in August, I'm going to preach on faith. Because the rest of this is good stuff. Okay, so here's the last scripture for today. Oh wait, let's finish this one. Gabby? Nope, next one. Yes. No? Previous one? V number two, yes. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What happens is as we spend that time filling our mind with the word of God, discussing the scriptures with others, applying it to our lives, we begin to, to see rightly what God desires for us. To see rightly. And then we happily change and adjust. Does that make sense? Because we see what He desires. Okay, I'm only going to read one more scripture. Psalm 1, Gabby. We can need to skip over a whole lot of those. Psalm 1. Verse 1 to 3. And this is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. We finished in one minute, guys. Couldn't wait one minute, eh? No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm joking. 
I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. You're welcome to go. You're welcome. If you dare. <clears throat> I'm playing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That wasn't nice. Okay. Blessed is the man. Okay. Blessed is the man of faith. Blessed is the man. He doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Right? He doesn't listen to people of this world. Or, and you know this world speaks to us in so many ways. Through social media, through examples, through news, through... Okay? Blessed is the, is the man who shuts his ears to certain things. Like we said a couple of weeks ago who submits to his leaders and doesn't open other teachings, other books in this season, even if they're Christian. Blessed is the man. And then it says, who doesn't stand or set his foot on the path of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Okay? Blessed is that man. How does he do those things? His delight is in the law of the Lord. And, and, and in his law he meditates day and night. That doesn't mean you take your Bible, you sit on it, and I can't do it, but you know, lift your leg over the other one and, mm, yeah, I'm meditating on the law. No! That's not how we meditate in the Word of God. How do you meditate in the Word of God? We've given you the example of the cow that eats the grass and swallows it and then brings it up and chews it again. And swallows it and brings it up and chews it again. That's to meditate. It's to, it's to think about it, to, to read it, memorize it, think about it. And, 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 and apply it. Like how do I apply this in my life? How do I be above reproach with this car? You, you think about it. You, why? Why does, he, why does he love the law of the Lord and delight in the law of the Lord and, and think about it day and night? Why does he do it? Because he knows that when he gets the word of God in, when he learns about God, when he hears God, that he will hear God when he speaks. You know the number of times, and this is my last thought for you, and then we're going to close. Promise. The number of times I'll read my, I'll, I'll read my Bible in the morning, I'll have my quiet time. And vrachis, I will go into a meeting and somebody asks me a question and immediately that thing from this morning applies. Have you, have you ever had that? And you are armed. You're like, you're like a surgeon with a scalpel. You see this big pimple on the person and you're like, Shoo! there you go. As opposed to not being in the word of God, not delighting in it, not having no ammunition, having no fuel in the tank, having no scalpel in your hand. And then the person comes and says, hey, can you help me with this thing? And you're like, yo. Okay, we're all going to get dirty here. Do you, 
It's very different to be equipped to be on, and that's why we meditate in the Word of God. And then the Holy Spirit can speak to you, can remind you, can use you, can make you effective and fruitful. That's why it says He's like a tree planted by the streams of water, yielding its fruit in season. Day or night, the Lord can use you. Amen? Okay. I'm going to end. Let's pray. Lord, we want to be people that are yours. We want to be people whose lives are laid down as living sacrifices for you. But to do that, we need to be changed. And Lord, even as your people over the next six weeks, Lord God, spend time in your word, in the, in the streams of living water, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would start to speak to us that you would guide us and lead us, that you would fill us with faith, that you would fill us with a, a desire to be obedient, a desire to live your way. Lord, I pray um, for everyone who is stuck in a way of thinking or in patterns of, of acting or, or even sinful patterns, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that by faith, by changing our minds, Lord God, that you would help us to grow, to grow in faith. In Jesus' name.